Timothy Dalton. Paper Cake 21. Two to one, the one. One of the biggest show we shows we've ever uh, done, I think, planned right now. It's huge. Probably it the is. biggest. Um, thanks, everyone, for being here. This is the Paper Keg podcast. Uh, paperkeg.com. Check us out. We go over industry news. Uh, we do a book club and before that, we read the books that we're reading this week. Sometimes. Um, and we read your letters to close the show. The book club this week is Chew, Volume yeah. 1. Got some thoughts on that one. Um, Coming to showtime. Great article uh, last week on the website by Dale. Yeah? On how the podcast is ruining his life. You would never know it, though. He never lets on as to how miserable podcast has made him yeah oh yeah i just i mean i bottle it up for sure and i think it comes out in your comments on different races and factions though yeah but that's that's for anger yeah that's That's more bigotry than anger that's all it's all fake it is that's all fake he says but the the uh, article was very true and it's uh and chu is one of the contributing factors at this point I just i just fall in love with so many comics i don't have time to read them all that is dale he's the podcast Bad boy, uh, thanks for being here tonight. It's good to be here. Um, special return from the grave. Uh, he was not able to be here last week when we talked about his words, "atomic robot." Um, <laughs> he was indisposed with some work matters. Uh, people were on fire. He was stopping the great um, Willow Grove shoe fire. Of 2011. DC historian. We hope to get his thoughts on the new DCU. Mark Farrington, thanks for being here. Crisis averted. Glad to be back. Sorry I missed last episode. It's okay. We missed you, Mark. We missed you. Things weren't the same. Didn't you tell me it was the best show ever when I I walked in? I may have, yeah. I mean, the the, the triumvirate was was present. I now know how you feel, Jonesy. (laughs) The numbers came in uh, shortly after, and it was the biggest show we've ever had. Yeah. So man. we might not have you back next week. You know what? Announcing my retirement from Paper Keg. It's been fun. Uh, no, you'll be fine, though, because I'm going to be dead in a ditch somewhere because my wife is uh, gone for the week. So you'll have an that's, open spot. That's uh, writer Jonesy. <laughs> that's all we have for him. That's all he does. Podcast he... Overdog? No. 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 Well, that was for you there, Garvey. I think uh, a lot of the reasons why last week's show was so big uh, on Atomic Rainbow is because <laughs> Jonesy's review of it, they were mega. It huge. was it was mega and meta. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we uh, Mark, we, you weren't here last week. We talked about a possible emergency podcast in a few weeks for the Justice League dropping August 31st. What a, And we got to talk Flashpoint 5 in there, the thing that starts it all. Right. I'm in. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, we we dropped a cliffhanger. One of us will not be there to record that show. 
You're going to tell me after the show's over, right? Uh, we're, we're just going to find out that night. Is it you? Who knows? I know. I was going to say. Is it <laughs> someone <laughs> you don't consider? <laughs> if it's if it's me who's not there, I am taking applications to you'll, join a new podcast. You'll oh find out if you get the email and the Gmail that That's day. That's your new catchphrase. They get to take applications. You'll be alerted of your uh, not needing you when uh, you're pulling through the drive-through on your way to do the show <laughs> via the email. Yeah. So this is posting. Your um, Facebook will let you know. This is posting the day after the Baltimore Con, and you had a great time, Mark. Is Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Um, Met some of my favorite creators, Ron Mars, yeah. Stan the Man Lee. Did you? Yeah. You're that met confident him. that you can speak into the future and say that you met him. Absolutely. I got my ticket and everything. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll wow. see. I mean, you should get a picture so we can put on the on the dot com. Don't think I won't. All right. Challenge accepted. Wow. Ho- hopefully your car doesn't catch fire on the way down. <laughs> Why would you wish that on me? I'm not wishing that. This so is you... Operation Please Stand, Don't Die. I need you alive long oh, enough yeah. to honor your mm-hmm. commitment. You know what? Wouldn't you feel like a big J-bag if uh, Stanley died from yeah. now? Oh, my God. <laughs> what are we, Jeez. Where are we is, going? This is going to be posting the day <laughs> after the Baltimore con, so you better hope to the Jesus that you just didn't wish death on him, my friend. I don't want to say Jesus owes me some favors, but he's black on black. Wow. He'll now. look out for me. That's, uh, you have to burn one of those Jesus candles, those tall cylindrical ones. Strong words. What's in the news? We got a lot to get to in the news. <laughs> What the <laughs> F was that? Um, the, you know, we're not talking about the BCC right now. It was too huge. It was last we week. don't want to cover any topics that happened at Baltimore. You know, you want to just check out the website. There's too much happened. So yeah, we're not going to get into it. Yeah, we don't. A, a lot of that might be mined for articles and stuff like sure. that. So, you know. We have some exclusives that can't we can't talk about yet. Yeah. Um, Frank Darabont has been fired from The Walking Dead. Your thoughts, Mark? I don't read The Walking Dead. I'm kind of thoughtless on this one. Right. Okay. Mark, are you aware that I'm talking about The Walking Dead television series? There is no way to play it off as though I am now, is there? <laughs> you could say that you read them on closed captioning. Mark, Mark, it's been a pleasure having you on the show for this brief period of time. Uh, let's move on to someone who is aware of what's happening on the planet Earth. Uh, Dale underscore A. Let's go to you on Frank Darabont. I think that uh, pretty much solidified his place. In, uh... yeah. See you, Mark. Yeah. Uh, Frank Darabont, uh, apparently there's been a lot of drama surrounding this whole miasma, this issue of uh, Frank Darabont. And, uh, I mean, it's going to be missed, but... I don't know. I mean, if the whole show isn't the whole show like budget getting cut or something like that. That's the rumor. And he was standing up for what he believed in. He was standing up for his show, and uh, he's gone. So it's uh, you know, he's gonna go do Shawshank too, and uh, you know what he should. <laughs> we'll all be. I'm good. I'm good. You know what he should do? Great. Uh, probably top three movies on my list. A few of you know what two are. I think Jonesy does. Uh, we talked about it uh, last episode. Yeah, we did. Know? The Last Samurai. You know what he should do? The Last Samurai the Mist too. too. He should hang out at my place and we can watch the black and white HD version of The Mist. Wow. He might do that. I he really should. like The Mist. I Love wasn't it. too... I didn't really love... Was it Stephen King, right? Mm-hmm. I don't Based think... on the Stephen King novella. Yeah. I, I think... Uh, 
Okay. I'm not a huge follower of the Stephen King universe of stories, but I think I like the movie version of The Mist. The ending. uh, Oh, yeah, that ending effed with my mind, bro. What endeared me with Frank Darabont, who is not involved with comics, Mark, uh, you know, he was he was pushing this script around the studios, you know, yeah. and they wanted him to change the ending. And he said, uh-uh, puppy, this ending right. is sticking. My that friends. ending made the whole film for me. No. Did you see it, Mark? The Mist? Yeah. Years ago. Do you remember how it ends? Vaguely. But I'm more <laughs> curious about... I am more curious about, uh, for the guy in the room who doesn't watch The Walking Dead, why is Frank off the show? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you that right now. Uh, Mad Men, very popular on the yeah. AMC. I watch it. Um, uh, I don't read that. I don't know. Mr. Yeah, uh, it's, a, it's understandable. <laughs> Mr. Wiener, uh, the executive. <laughs> <laughs> right, this show is so meta um, right now. Uh, Andrew Wiener, I think his name is. It's something Wiener. I think it's Michael Wiener. Uh, he fought for Mad Men to get the money that it deserved. Unfortunately, it, it, it cash-strapped the entire network. So Breaking Bad, uh, rumors are it's leaving AMC, possibly ending. I can't believe that. Um, but now that that money flow is trickling, it's not trickling to The Walking Dead any longer. So they're 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 strapped for cash. Apparently, Darabont turned in turned in some footage that was unusable, and they Ooh. said, "Beat it." Can't uh, who, who would can't, fire Frank Darabont? Yeah, really. Get out of here. The Walking I, AMC crazy. shows don't exactly have a high budget. Mad Men's gonna be cheap to make when you think about it. It's like 2.5 uh, like mil an episode or something crazy. How can it be? I mean, no, no special effects. The ca- the ca- they the have cast. a large cast. Right, the cast would cost you, but no special effects, no real That's CGI. That's not true. The There's set. a lot of special set. effects in CGI. Set. Get the hell out of here. There's no CGI. I made machine. that up. The time machine. <laughs> they got to go back to the 1960s, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> no? Chocolate, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, uh, you know, I'm, it's, it's upsetting to me because my wife is getting back and excited about the show. So she's reading the comics on my iPad. Oh man! She's like, "Oh, The Walking Dead's coming back. I gotta start reading them books." Right. And, and I got a little twinkle in my eye. And then I'm thinking to myself, oh, "Frank's not on the show anymore. Why would I like, see? That's crazy. Why would I want to watch this?" When and they, then, oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I, you know, all right. Okay, I'll go. When they first did uh, all the solicits for The Walking Dead and the featurettes, like they were just touting the fact that they had star power, like. Uh, Frank to come in and do the scripting and mm-hmm. do the story uh, boarding and and give the show uh, you know some real direction and it just amazes me that they would just be like okay well we did really well so you're fired yeah to 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 him yeah I understand so this is alleged by the way the firing yeah alleged I, I think you might have uh, I think you just uh, hopefully it was an amicable parting. Yeah, that's what I hope too. Nobody's talking, but uh, I I know AMC. I think is one of the lowest income cable networks. I don't think they make Which a whole lot of money. Which is crazy because all their shows are hits. He j- he was just on the San Diego Con uh, panel with Kirkman. Yeah, like the week before, two weeks before, blowing. So he had to know then. Very strange. Did he that he I was getting he, fired? I think oh, I don't think he got fired. I think maybe they said you know we don't have the money for you in the budget. You know, kind of like what AOL did to their writers. You can stick around for free or... Look at you with the tech you know, news. What yeah. do you, what, would you I mean, read that on a crapper? No, you just call this nerd keg. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> That's a good idea, actually. <laughs> nerd keg. I like that. Um, <laughs> th- enough of the depressing Walking Dead news. Let's get to a topic that Mark will stay awake for. And we're talking about the big two events. Flashpoint. Id Comics. 
fear itself. Uh, those the last two issues came out the past couple weeks, Mark. Maybe the last month, you know, since BCC just ended yesterday. Oh, I've read them. Right. You've read them. Do you think these events are living up to the hype? Not at all. Not <clears throat> at all. Just dropped a bomb. I mean, maybe. Mm-hmm. Let's go fear itself first. Fear Let's itself is easy. Me it's on. not really living up to the hype only because it's touted as this is the be-all, end-all for the Marvel Universe. All the heroes are quote-unquote fearful. I don't see what the big deal is. What's different amongst this battle versus the countless others they face? They before? all have hammers. Is that they it? That's a big difference. They all have hammers. Yeah. Um, I, I paged through the issue and I got because I saw some people on the internet's talking about how Captain America and Spider-Man are very uncharacteristically affected by the battle. Uh, Like, the last parts of the issue... Spoiler. Um, Cap said, you know, we're losing, and Spider-Man jets home to be with his family. Because he's like, this is the end. I'm going to go be be with my family. Yeah, it just seems And Captain America's like, sure, just get out of here, kid. It seems out of whack. I mean, what else happened? In Fear Itself 4 and 5, Tony Stark is drinking again. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. I was like, really? Yeah. Did that need to happen? I don't know. You know who probably cares about that is that Mandy Boo. And Big Tony Stark. Big yeah. Tony Stark. Big Anyway, uh, I think Fear Itself was just like, maybe these were a bunch of plot elements that they had, you know, in the back of their minds. Oh, let's get Tony Stark to drink. Uh, let's see if we can get some, an evil version of Thor. And instead of like plotting out this really conceptualized storyline, they're like, yeah, just throw it all in here for fear itself. And we'll get an event book out of what it. What about the line where Thor is battling the Hulk and then he says to be continued? That, that line was a little weird. Yeah. What about the, the new uh, the new Thunder God? I think that's out November 2. That's, yeah, that's right. I mean, obviously it's it's pretty smart to start a new Thor title on eight issues in, take him out of the book. Didn't they oh, already yeah. kill Thor before in Ragnarok or something like that? Uh, they they kill Thor about every two years and bring him back. Yeah, I guess you're right. I don't know. I mean, Thor is one of the worst characters in the history of comics. So He had I, one great line in Fear itself, though. It was when he was fighting Thing and Hulk, and the hammer goes straight through the Thing, and he turns to Hulk and goes, and him I liked. And him and Hulk just start battling it out. Like wow, that's the first line that Thor has actually uttered. I thought it was kind of cool, ever. And um, there's a scene with Franklin Richards because you know he promised his family that he wasn't going to use his powers anymore. His like I don't know, he's got some kind of weird mind bending powers. Yeah. But uh, Thor is like you know killed through the chest, um, so he's like dying and he's doing his last will and testament. And then Franklin uses his powers to bring thing back to life. Well, that's nice. You know? I don't know? And I mean, at that point, I was like, well, why didn't he do this to save Johnny? You know, if he's really why dead. Why didn't he just end the Fear Itself event right there by taking everybody, all the bad guys out of the picture? Fair. Very true. Fair <laughs> enough. Very true. I've been uh, pleasantly ignorant to Fear Itself. I have no idea what it's about. How does that feel? It feels good. Got I just, I'm in my own little Marvel world and uh, read the... I'm not reading any of the tie-in books, to my knowledge, and it uh, feels, feels good. Flashpoint. Four issues in, and we still don't know what happened. Four out of five. Uh, did, he, and this, this issue uh, ended with, is it Professor Zoom? Reverse Flash? Yep. Are they the same Yellow person? Flash. 
What's his name? What did I say? Reverse no, flash? you're right. Thank you. Slim. Get I'm wrong. <laughs> Put it on the wiki, Dave. So that issue, I, I didn't read this one. I just paged through and I saw that he shows up at the end. So they've waited until the final issue for, you know, I guess the master reveal, which is very strange. So in the final issue, we need the master reveal. We need the execution of the ending. And we need to see how it goes from DCU classic to DCU remixed. That's a lot. All in the span in 24 pages. I don't think it, it is it been released that's going to be 24 pages because i could see this as a 499 you know 35 page book for some reason i'm thinking it's going to actually be between 32 to 40 i think i just pulled 24 out of my i'll say 32 it's just i'll go on record and say it if it wasn't for the fact that so much is changing in september because of this book i'd have dropped it months ago yeah i uh it was one of those books where they just wanted to showcase this parallel universe they had created for five, for yeah, for five issues, they showcase this bogus universe that they're going to wipe out of existence anyway, just to sell tie-in books. I have some thoughts on this whole Flashpoint thing, and I think it might have uh, some ground. So I might have some water. Yeah. Um, last winter, they touted this Flashpoint as as going to be Flash's event of the summer, and I think during that time, and possibly leading up into the the very few months before Flashpoint came out. They decided they were going to reboot the DCU and try to make Flashpoint the event to kick all that off. But I think Flashpoint's storyline is so weak that what they're going on is, is, isn't is much of a story. It doesn't make much sense they to announced, do that. If you remember, they announced Flashpoint like ages, like at they least did. a year I thought, or two years, at least, maybe a year and a half ago. Because it was really it weird was, that I thought it was right when Kubert was getting off Batman and they said, like, Kubert's working on Flashpoint with Jeff Johns. Yeah, and, and it's like, I think at the end of even Blackest Night, I, you may be, I, you're right like about a, that. They yeah. teased Flashpoint at the end of Flash number one, Jeff Johns' run, hmm. or current run. That was the last page so for panel least, reveal. It's, a, it's at least, like, 14 months old, because that book has been late a few months. It right. has to be, because at uh, NYCC, when uh, Farrington and Slim and I were at that panel with uh, Geoff Johns, they teased it then, and it, it was just, you know, coming to soon, be a flash Flashpoint, book. and it was just four flashes and a flash on a motorcycle. And Jeff John was like, I'm really excited about Flashpoint, because I'm going to create a new character who has a Speed Force bike. And the whole oh, crowd yeah. was, remember that? And the whole crowd was kind of like, yeah, whatever. That guy lasted like an, uh, an issue. Yeah, it. he came in and out. There was no real significance to the character. And maybe, maybe that's maybe because they couldn't really reveal that there was going to be a parallel universe. The other interesting thing about that specific storyline is that was when we were apparently going to see Wally West back and fans have been clamoring for Wally West ever since Flash number one Mm -hmm. at every con they go to they always get hammered where's Wally I'm one of those people where's Wally you go through the storyline he's in a total of maybe four pages what was um storyline was he in he was in the second story arc in the current Flash book and this was a big deal for fans like me who we want Wally what was he doing? He was a Running. big character. He was on the sidelines. They had some sort of intervention for Barry Allen, and they brought him along with it. Is he wearing a fighter jacket, flight jacket like Hal Jordan? Flannel buttoned-up shirt. He sold out. <laughs> what, a, what was the pre? Oh, sorry. What was the preview in Flash One about Flashpoint? It just had different panels. It was just enough to tease you. It was the tagline: "Everything you know will change in a flash," and it had Flash. Uh, touching his signal ring to get his uniform, and it was the reverse Flash's uniform. It had different characters 
in different costumes and uniforms. Just enough teases to get mm. you interested. Mm. Yeah, I think they pulled this remix reboot out of their butt. I agree. Soon oh, before sorry. Flashpoint was going to happen, and they're like, "All right, guys, we have to make Flashpoint happen, and we have to blame Flashpoint to be the cause of everything changing because we need to start selling books." We're running out of time. We, we got to keep okay. it going. We got to get our books in that we've been reading. We're going to start with one man um, that everyone wants to hear from, specifically. That's myself. I'll start. Um, <laughs> wow. Let's start with Animal Man number one. Grant Morrison? That's correct. Grant Morrison's Animal Man. And Mullet Son. <sighs> that kid is a doofer. Oh, my God. Um, so Animal Man, never read it. You know, I've seen the covers. Actually, no, I think I bought one one issue uh, during that 99 cent sale. And I bought the wrong one because I thought it was going to be the one where Grant Morrison reveals himself as like writing Animal Man. Right, right. So I felt like an idiot. <laughs> um, so no, I think this was, this issue might have been free. So I was I just it was you know I just started reading it. Um, tells a story about pretty much the lamest superhero of all time. Um, if he's in the vicinity of an animal, he can you know take its agility, uh, its like strength. The lamest superhero of all time. Yeah. I, well, I actually, right now, I, I, I'm sorry. Correct myself. Uh, very close to Booster Gold, who uh, is obviously the lamest. Obviously, I did this in a lightning round a few it. episodes ago, <laughs> and uh, I wish I could have got out my two to six sentences that I explained about Animal Man. But I, I probably agree with you on every point you're about to make. Yeah. Um, so this starts out. You know, I he's really lame, but I can see this book being out now. I don't know. It it didn't read like a book that was in the 70s it's about a superhero you know that um or he's he's in his everyday life he's talking with his wife and kids and about how he wants to use his powers to become a superhero because he gets jealous of the justice league international getting all the press and they're like on magazine covers and they're going to africa to fight world hunger or some bull crap and he's like you know look at blue beetle what's he doing over there he's he doesn't have any power he's a loser it's like i could do that so he gets his face out there on a, like a talk show, and eventually Star Labs hires him because something happens. Uh, so they need someone to investigate, and Superman wasn't available. So they call Animal Man. He's got this goofy <laughs> outfit, and he makes fun of himself because he, he, he puts on this like leather jacket uh, because his wife asked him what the, what's the deal with the jacket, and he's like, he can't just walk around with a skin tight uniform all day. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, and, then, and I think what is his line? He's like, I, now I have some place to put my keys. So and he gets to this uh, Star Labs, and there's like this, you know, this huge uh, mutation happened to the animals, and it was pretty good. I I, I enjoyed it. Um, like I said, it just felt like a book. Like the the conversations were real enough that it felt like it could have been written today. And his kids are, he's got this ugly kid with red hair and freckles. Would you have liked it more if Animal Man had three claws that couldn't be broken? Would no. that have made this more realistic mm-hmm. for you? You know, I, I see what you're trying to get at, Mark. I'm uh, just that asking. Wolverine is the greatest character of all time, and everyone does that. Everyone listening why you, to this why podcast. Why are you trolling, bro? Why are you trolling? He can't be trolled. I know this. Everyone on this podcast that is listening knows that is fact. It's the Some of the things with Animal Man were just, I mean, they don't need to be explained because they're a comic, but, I mean, what if the guy's in midair and he can't find a bird or, you know what I mean? Like, it just falls to his death. Right. Yeah, he and was. This poor mulleted kid is just crying over his beaten 
dead body. They showed him like uh, holding his breath for thirty five minutes. Uh, he became in the vicinity of an, like an eagle, and he was flying. Yeah. Um, I mean the the idea is good enough. Where the writer really has to, he can make it interesting. I'll tell you who can make it interesting. Jeff Lemire. That's right. Animal Man. Animal Man, written by Jeff Lemire in the new DC 52. DCNU, whatever. The DC remix. Gen Z is, uh, he's stewing over there. No, no, I'm not stewing. No? I just, uh, you're pouting. I have no interest in, uh, in anything that I have to say. No, 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 no. I, I mean, I think I might pick up Animal Man after hearing your review. No, you're not. But uh, maybe not Dale's. That's uh, Animal Man. Check it out in the apps. Uh, someone want to tell me which issue it is that Grant Morrison is in it? You just let me know, and maybe I'll pick that up. So I think Grant it's the Morrison last. is in the book? He, yeah. It he meets, he meets Animal Man. One of the themes in Animal Man was he was constantly poking at the fourth wall like Deadpool does now. Right. So there was one issue towards the latter part of the series. I think it was the last one where he comes across the writer of his series. Every now and then he'll look at the camera or he'll explain something. Do ex machina. Stuff like that. Daffy Duck over here. I read a lot. Let's continue. Let's keep this train uh, moving with Mark Farrington. Let's go counterclockwise. Good choice. Mm -hmm. Good choice. Uh, What are you reading right now, Mark? You know what? I read Batgirl 24 by Brian Q. Miller, the end of the Batgirl series under Stephanie Brown. This issue ties up a lot of the plot lines from the series you meet the master criminal of the entire plot who of the entire book who sets all these plots into motion turns out to be her father that is a big reveal for all of us who are stephanie brown fans book kind of they resolved the crime in the first half of the book the second half was her just saying goodbye it was a good send-off it was it paid off for anybody who was actually following it i'm gonna miss stephanie as batgirl I loved Barbara Gordon for a long time, but I'm actually sorry to see her come back. You know, wrote a big article about that. Aunt Mandy Boo, mm-hmm. Jonesy's Boo. Yeah, you guessed it. Yeah, no, no, I, I believe the couple was for Randy Boo. For Randy Boo. Uh, yeah, you had a big article up there on the uh, on the dot com. Mm-hmm. Big article. Yeah. That's what we hear. It's too long. Big article. It was a little long. It was a vociferous from Mark. Yeah. Well, what can I say? She started talking bad about Kingdom Come. <laughs> now. Does the story of Stephanie start with that background number one? Could I, in theory, pick up background number one and start reading? Yeah. The story of Stephanie starts back in Chuck Dixon's Robin Run in 93. If you wanted to read, you can read background number one, never met her, and you'll get to know her throughout the whole story. You don't need to read the past to get her. Will I get to love her? Probably. Hmm. Biblically, no. Emotionally, you'll love her like a friend. Who drew this book? Philly's third baseman, Flacido Polanco? <laughs> How long have you been sitting on that one? I believe that was a ghost-written uh, Flacid joke, wasn't was it, Dale? That was a good one. I'm not going to lie to you. Let's continue on. Yeah. Stephanie Brown uh, will live on. She her will. Brown, her, her last name's Brown, right? Her last name is Brown. Okay. We love you, but uh, we would just much rather read about Barbara Gordon now that yeah. she can walk again. Apparently, walkable legs. You know what? Legs. I'll bet you those sales figures are smaller than Stephanie's. That one. is the most absurd statement I have ever heard with my own ears. Are you taking that? Challenge? Sounds, like, that sounds like angry fan talk. No, I it's know. a good Do book. Do you even know how much uh, Batgirl sells in a month? Let's move on to Dale. <laughs> 
You'll write an article about it later. I think, I think Frank Darabont writes Batgirl. <laughs> <laughs> That's a callback. Dale underscore A. I'm here to talk about a comic. Sam and Twitch, number one. Oh, hello. Yeah, yeah I love Sam and Twitch. Hello. Uh, the only exposure I've ever had to Sam and Twitch, I've never read a Spawn comic. Let's be honest. Yeah. Sam and Twitch, I know, is from the, uh, the HBO Spawn animated series. Yeah, okay. Um, so I don't know that much about them, but uh, from that, and I know uh, from from what I've been exposed to them, I have no reason to hate them. I had no reason to like them either. I picked up this comic <clears throat> mostly because Brian Michael Bendis wrote it back oh. in 99. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah, I guess he did the run. I don't know how long the run went. It's in the it's in the app. Um but it's it's uh Sam and Twitch leave the police force that they're working for to start a uh, PI agency and it's very summed up in the very beginning that frankly uh, there's no money in it. Nobody's calling them for help. So their old captain walks in and asks them to rejoin the police force and they do so. And the first night on the job, they get called to a murder scene where they find uh, uh, like a mafioso poker game gone bad. And on a silver platter in a on a nightstand in the corner of the room, they find four thumbs cut off. None of the uh, people playing poker, their thumbs are missing. So come to find out, it's four of the same thumb. One, one thumb is an actual thumb, and then the uh, th- it's like a second, third, and fourth generation of like uh, almost like a replicated thumb. It's got the same fingerprints, the same DNA, but biologically, it's just not full a fully formed thumb. Wow! And uh, and that kicks off an investigation, and then they eventually come across a crime scene that's four ears. But as far as I can tell, it's really cool. I mean, Twitch is obviously a cool character. He calls Sam Sir, and Sam's a real, you know, dirty, foul-mouthed detective. Um, But it's it's a detective story. There's no elements of supernaturalism, like from Spawn or something like that, which Mm -hmm. I think is really cool. I mean, you know, you could use a a good detective story every, every once in a while with just... It's just, you know, it's just get people... And I think you're yeah. going to get a good detective story out of the Spawn universe because there's so much mythology built up already that you can explore. Yeah, yeah, I, I absolutely agree. And uh, the uh, Angel Medina did the uh, artwork for this, and it's it's gorgeous. It's it's almost I want to say overdrawn. Like the uh, the characters in it are almost have too much. Like everything in the book really has, I want to say, too much detail, but it doesn't take away from it. It's really a really neat art style and really gorgeous. And, uh, you know, I can't wait to read more. This is ads. It's ruining my life right now. Wow. Did Same it read Twitch. like a Bendis book that we're used to reading? Decompressed, long, witty dialogue? Yes. I, I can say it does. Um, I, but I like it because I've never read like Alias or, you know, maybe the closest I've ever come to is Powers. And that still have a superhero element to it. Sure, so very wordy too. Yeah. 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 But uh, it's very good. I liked it. Ninety nine. I might have to pick it up. Yeah. Uh, before we get to Jonesy, uh, I want to say a few things about Batgirl sales figures. Mm-hmm. I just crunch some numbers real quick. Yeah, the intern do that. Uh, the intern had forwarded over on the wire the numbers. He was hauling ass over here to get that piece of paper. Mark, too. what do you think Batgirl sold month wise in May of this year? Are we talking issue numbers or 
the lappies. Whatever the issue. the issue that came out in May, how many single issues were shipped to retailers? Judging by that look in your eye, it's going to be lower than I think it was. <laughs> I'm going to say in the low hundreds. Hundred thousands? No. One f- one for every leg Barbara Gordon can't use right now. Oh. <laughs> Two. Oh, At Dale underscore no eight. Other not podcast, like, folks. Thoughts and feelings. No, no, yeah, no other so, place. So, this, so that month, uh, Batgirl had sold 28,000 copies. And that's great for creator really room, but very bad for bad. big two books, right? Yeah, I guess um, it's workable. <laughs> it um, wouldn't get it canceled, I don't think. No, it was not getting canceled. Uh, and I, just for a reference sake, I wanted to see what, what Babs was doing, you know, in Birds of Prey. Yeah, let's see. 29,000. So Comparable numbers. We'll see. We will see. Mark has thrown down a bet. I say B- uh, Barbara will outsell. Batgirl's numbers, so not including will. issue number ones because those traditionally sell a little bit higher. So why, we, why have can't to, we have to wait. That? We have to wait three months. What did Batgirl? What Stephanie Brown yeah. sell? You do have to wait three months. I mean, what, every number one issue. Brown what Brown we'll That's get the intern on it. That's all I'm saying. This is heated. This is very disheartening. Batgirl right. issue one with Stephanie Brown. Bottom get Mandy Boo on the Twitter. She can probably spout those figures off too. She loves Stephanie Brown. Bottom line is. I'm right, Mark's wrong. John Boo, <laughs> what are you reading right now? Uh, images, uh, dare I say, flagship title, which it probably isn't, Invincible, hmm. number 81. It's really Skybounds. Yeah, Skybound yeah, now. Let's be honest. Um, this issue is the aftermath of the de- destruction of Las Vegas. Right. Uh, Invincible is kind of, uh, um, he gets... Pegged by the press as being there fighting uh, the dinosaur uh, throwaway villain. Mm-hmm. Uh, old villain Powerplex. Here's the news. Powerplex is the, of course, you remember the villain that killed his own wife and child. I'll never forget course, Powerplex. Um, trying to take down Invincible by uh, whoring him. You know, well, I kidnapped these two people. Come get me. And he really kills his family. Mm-hmm. Uh, Terrible. So in true Invincible fashion... Uh, they take a very realistic approach on what would really happen to Powerplex and Invincible if they fought. And uh, Invincible, you can see him kind of uh, giving up on his principles in this issue. Um, whereas before he would fight against a villain working for the government for good, he kind of drops Powerplex off and says, you know, you're a good guy. He's got a lot of problems, so we can still use you. And, uh, you know, it, it's just, it, it, it's Invincible not being Invincible. And I think after the Viltrumite War, Invincible came back, you know, broken. He's not uh-huh. the same guy. And even at the end, uh, he, he's sitting there and he's kind of having his own monologue to himself. And he, he turns to the, the reader and goes, it's just not getting better anymore. Yeah, this reminded me of the Spider-Man No More. Uh, it sounded like he's just going to hang it up. Yeah, I don't know if he'll hang it up or I think nah, it, I'm gonna know. I'm gonna go out on a limb and say yes because uh, at that last big con um, they oh, put out the right. images. There's of gonna black, be a new invincible, the black invincible. Yeah. Remember that? So I do yeah, recall. I we haven't that. heard anything about it since then. So. Which I think it, it'll just be an, another Viltrumite youth, maybe rebelling uh, because you know the Viltrumites are living on Earth now in secret. So maybe he'll... Can someone type that up on the wiki real quick? <laughs> yeah. Please. Yeah, Dave, are you listening? Document that. Oh, mercy. Uh, yeah, that that issue... Um, 
It was a filler issue. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Lackluster. Absolutely. But, um, Nothing wrong with that. You know, 80 good I issues agree. of uh, Invincible. I still think it's the best superhero comic on the shelves right now. So. The yeah. Sword number 11. Why are you giving me that weird look? <laughs> it's kind of scary. Uh, we talked about the sword two episodes ago. Mm-hmm. I fell in love with the sword as a book. Uh, who didn't like the sword? Is that Mark? No, I loved it. That was Dale. That was, that was, that was Dale. Wow, way to way to throw Dale, Dale under the bus, Mark. Um, hey, I just I just went inverted inside myself. You know, it's like <laughs> you did not like the sword. I did one not eye out. You hated it. I did. Uh, it was very unfortunate. Our our friendship was strained. It's like you how you felt about Atomic Robo emotionally. You know, I love Atomic Robo. I just wasn't in the mood to read it. Yeah, so there's to it. Okay, all right. Okay. Um. The Sword 11 tells the story of the main character going after the first of the siblings to enact revenge. Uh, every issue in this series ends in a uh, boner-inducing cliffhanger. Um, and this issue is no different. I cannot recommend this book enough. What is the cliffhanger? Spoiler. I'm not sure if I can give that out It came out right a couple now. years ago. So um, spoil everything. Do we? No, I, I can't. Spoil you, you gotta read it. Do it. Spoil it. You gotta read it. Um, spoil it. Is it I just, available? I just want to say, is, is someone talking over me right now? Yeah, is me. That what's happening? That's all right. <laughs> oh my god, terrible. Uh, I would recommend everyone go to the Image app or the Comics app or your local retailer. You know, your local comic shop to go pick up the sword. Thanks again to Sale for recommending this one. You'd be insane to do it. You'd be wasting your life to do it. You know what? Wow. Didn't you say you were going to try to read the rest? Or was that was that Jonesy? I wasn't on that show. Was my departure. Oh, that's right. You weren't there. I'm already reading the rest. I'm on issue nine. There you go. See? It's you good. Get, you get the DC historian. It's good. You know, with the Luna Brothers. Yep. You know? You got anything else to say about the sword? Wow. <laughs> There's a mad stare-off going on in the paper keg loft. <laughs> Let's keep it going. We we have to hit the nuclear level of popularity, the lightning round. Right. Um, yeah. If Dave were here, he could do the special effects. But he is not just Dave. Uh, that was not just Dave. That was Jonesy. <laughs> no. uh, Mark, do you want to go first in the lightning round? Two sentences or less. What are you reading? Red Robin number 26. Tim Drake encounters the man who killed his father in Identity Crisis. Takes all of his willpower to uphold his morals and he disappoints his mentor, Bruce Wayne. Oh, the wow. end. Hmm. So does it kill yeah, him? It does it kill issue. him? I get more than I get another sentence. No, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, someone uh, emailed me and let me know what happens to that issue. It was great. It was fantastic. Jersey does it kill? Yeah. <laughs> Fucking jerk offs. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even do it, you know. So the listeners knew. Um, I spoiled you, Dale. This is this is your segment. This, this is where you shine every single week, except last week. Yes, that was the one week that I did badly. We didn't have a lightning round last week. Curse of the Werewoman. <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, uh, what? What can I say about this book? That's my first sentence. Uh, I'd read it if I were you. <laughs> just comma, just because 
it's kind of entertaining in a lifetime channel kind of way. All men are evil. Yeah, in a way. That's it. You don't have any more time. That was I was just answering no. this question. I'm Stop kidding. talking. I hate you. Jonesy. Detective Comics eight eight one. The um oh orgasm inducing wrap up of the current storyline starring James Gordon's evil son. Second sentence, man, I'm really gonna miss this creative team. Mm. Question. Did Gordon know who Batman was the whole time? Did you get that sense? What Gordon? Which one? Jim Gordon. Older Commissioner? Jim Commissioner Gordon? Gordon at I, the end. I think Jim Gordon is known who Batman has been segment. for a long time. Agreed long, long, long. and co-signed. It's happening. Do you guys want to just uh, lather each other up right now? What Can we? Do? We're going to scissor. It's uh, my turn, actually. To close scissor me, Tim. One question. One inquiry. I've decided to go with one of the two main Batman titles after the relaunch, and I went to Detective. Did I make the Good right decision? God, I am willing to throw you out of this building. Do you know who's the creative uh, force? I do. No, no, no. He chose right because on. Oh wait, no, Detective with Tony Daniel. Yeah. Proceed. I'm sorry, Slint. Scott Snyder's where it's at, dog. Let's Snyder's final topic for this segment. Fell number one. Fell number one. <laughs> wow. Cock and a walk, baby. Uh, one of the most memorable books that I own. If you've never read Fell in its entirety hyphen of what's been released, hyphen, you are no longer a friend of mine. Let's go into Chew right now. Uh, Chew, uh, volume one. Chew! (laughs) (laughs) Another win from Image uh, from the creative team of Rob Gilroy. On art, and uh, the writer whose name escapes me. I'm, I am uh, getting. I was trying to signal everyone, uh, but they were just all slack jawed. You know, my Comicsology app is taking like twenty seconds to boot up. (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about. The app's you know, a okay in my book. Just, just letting you know. Um, I was trying to bring it up. uh, John Layman, of course, course, the great, the great editor. Uh, now turned creative powerhouse John Lehman um, tells the story of Tony Chu. You know, he has got a special power. He can uh, eat a piece of food and know uh, everything connected to that piece of food. You know, the chef that put it together, how the animal died, uh, you know, everything. Anything you can name, except beets. Anything connected to this piece of food mm-hmm. he's a he's sebopathic yes as they, like to as say. they call it uh he's a philly pd officer which i had forgotten until i read again yeah it was a nice little uh easter egg there mm-hmm. um so he and his partner uh colby you know they're trying to you know do some good in town uh he stumbles upon a serial killer and uh 
who has killed multiple people, obviously, because he's a serial killer. Serially, does it? And uh, he won't give up the names of, the, of his other victims uh, as Tony Chu confronts him in an alley. So he uh, kills himself, and, and Tony decides to, you know, eat him up, take a couple bites at him to find out the information. He wants to, he wants to close these cases and, uh, and give the families the closure they need. Mm-hmm. To move on, it, it works on human 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 uh, flesh, not just food. You know, so he gets exactly. all the info he needs from digging a bite out of him. That is disturbing on so many levels. Um, so he is picked up by the FDA as a special agent to uh, get to the bottom of some special cases. Right, and they do it in a pretty pretty good way. They they're about to throw him off the force. They don't, of course, they don't understand his power. Um, they just know they that just know that they found him hunched over the the corpse of this uh, serial killer that he discovered by mistake because he was forced to eat the soup that the guy had prepared. So it was uh, that was pretty cool. And then he he goes over his corpse and eats him, mm. and that's how the cops find him. I guess we should explain too that uh, chicken is outlawed. Yeah, that's a pretty huge As, part of this universe. Um, there was a an alleged bird flu epidemic that killed uh, many people, uh, millions, perhaps alleged. Yeah, it's all over a hundred million around the world. Mm. So chicken is outlawed. It's like a drug. You know, you got to go into you know speakeasies to to get a good piece of chicken, and even then, you're not sure if it's a legit chicken. Mm. Um, so so there's a, there's an underlying story, you know, with Agent Savoy. Uh, his new partner at the FDA, who is also shares his power. You know, some people think it's a conspiracy that you know, there is no bird flu, and and you get into some some cool stuff on a space station. You know, where they're seeing this weird uh, light show coming from another planet. It hits Earth. So there's a lot of underlying uh, intrigue happening in the first arc. Yeah, that, and it's. Um... The first arc doesn't really give you... They call it Taster's Choice, and it's a pretty apt title for the first volume because it really doesn't give you exactly a linear story, but it kind of gives you a, like legitimately a taste of all the directions that the comic wants to go. Mm-hmm. So you get a detective story the first time, then you get a kind of like a slapstick comedy story, and then you get... You know the story that might be involving aliens, and then it, it's it's all over the place, but it, it's all over the place in a good way. Love it. Um, my only cons- not concern, but they're going to adapt you into a live action television show, I believe, on Showtime. Yeah, Showtime. Uh, I just I don't know if they're going to try to play this straight and just reduce everything to just Tony Chu's power. Or if they're going to try to incorporate all the other fantasy elements that are in this book. Now, I think where Chu shines is in the fact that it isn't afraid to cross into other genres. But I could definitely see it working as a show that plays just Tony Chu straight and where that goes. From this there. was worrying you as you were reading? It was. It was definitely concerning I me. think you should just let it let it go and enjoy the book. Just enjoy the what book, it is. Yeah, you know? You're right. You're worry you're right, over here. Oh, thank you. I want to hear from one man in particular. Mm. Uh, he's the he could be the star of the show. Dale, celebrity of the internet. <laughs> Dale underscore A. I read the first issue a while ago, and I'm glad we picked this because, like I mentioned at the beginning, 
Chu will now add to the list of titles that I need to read and will never have time to. <laughs> I think Taster's Choice was a great title for the first arc. It um, Chu has the potential of giving you so many self-contained stories because of his power that uh, the possibilities are really endless with this, but there's always the overlying issues of the fact that maybe they outlaw chicken, the government outlaw chicken for the wrong reasons. His uh, Ch- Tony Chu's brother was a former chef who mm. lost his marbles mm-hmm. on air because he was making a recipe that used to include chicken, but he couldn't cook with chicken, so he kind of lo- freaked out. And uh, you know now he's getting himself into some trouble, trying to you know he's handling chicken, maybe uh, the ship uh, delivering and ship selling chicken on the black market. So there's that element, you know. So he and Tony Chu. His brother is breaking the law. He should be arrested. And, uh, you know, everybody loves this guy, but, uh, you know, it's got that element to it. There's so many possibilities as this this uh, storyline could go. And the way they, the comedic element, but the seriousness of each issue is just so well done. And you know why it's, it, I think yeah. it's so well done is because of the art. I think the art really has a comedic timing to it. That makes it, you know, that much more entertaining. You're absolutely right about that. From the uh, from the character designs, I think Mason Sav- Savoy is the one of the greatest like character designs ever. Mm-hmm. This huge bulking man with like a cab cabbie hat and uh, you know this facial hair of epic proportions. Um, the the art absolutely has this design to it that really gets the punchline across but can also carry you know uh some morbidity to it without being totally gruesome i mean tony chu does you know bite into flesh at times fingers yeah fingers dogs and uh it's uh it's really 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 a good story and i recommend you guys all go out and absolutely pick it up right now the word stupid they kept popping into my mind that the art is showtime complimentary (laughs) complimentary to the story and uh like to your point dale if if this had like let's say i don't know let's throw a name out there let's throw another umberto ramos doing the art it wouldn't be as as good does that make sense tony daniel yeah (sighs) trash whoa Uh, (laughs) i would not (laughs) it's not me i just pulled a slim right there you like that um but yeah, it just it works. It fits so well. This is really one of those books, and you could probably say this about every book, but you just can't picture it looking another way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, but this one really, I mean, the colors, even the color selection, and uh, you know, the, Tony Chu's like I, I focused on his legs a lot, his little skinny legs, little knobby <laughs> knees, but his it's just a really beautifully drawn book, and uh, also the. Uh, it's funny because, like, in some of the walls, some of the posters are actually, like, when they went into the uh, Chinese, the sushi restaurant, uh, there was a Bruce Lee poster and a Bolo Young <laughs> Yeah, I wrote that down, yeah. So it's like, you know, it's got this comedic, cartoony stuff, and then there's, like, a factual, actual picture of Bruce Lee and <laughs> yeah. Bolo Young. There was a, did you catch on the space station, there's a picture of oh. Commando? Or there's yeah, a Arnold. Commando poster? <laughs> yeah. That was good. Love and, it. Uh, Love everything about this book. I probably would never even want to read it if... Um, the artist Rob Gilroy wasn't on it. 
Yeah. Wouldn't, he wouldn't even want to touch it. Now, what did they do? Didn't they do something uh, a few months back where they, like, went, they numbered the issue, like, ten issues ahead? Yeah, then? something happens um, at the end of one of the arcs, and they go forward in time. Like, uh, I can't remember how many years it is, but not only do they go in time, but the issue number goes in time. So I think they're up to, like, 19, but the issue number that came out was 27, hmm. which is, like, really, really bizarre when you think about it. Like, how are they going to make that work? I was so confused because I, I don't – it's not a day and date read for me. This is one that I have to be in the mood to read. Mm-hmm. So a lot of my of books I'll just accumulate and I'll just let them sit. And I was reading, you know, the artist on Twitter saying, like, oh, I just finished the cover to 27. And I was like, God, how many issues did I miss? <laughs> and then I was confused because I wasn't, like, on the up and up. But it's a very strange idea. Um, it's so – and I think it's so weird that the uh, – I had a – the alien stuff – like, you can see it, even though it's very implausible that Tony Chu can bite things and see life happen and what went behind it. It's almost like the aliens, I didn't see enough of the aliens to for to cause me disbelief, but I'd like, I'm interested to see what direction they take that, because aliens aside, it was like a believable story. You know? Yeah, you, I could follow you on that deal. It's like, like it the wasn't... aliens were so out of left field. But the the Sibopath thing, you definitely could suspend your disbelief enough to say that maybe, you know, three people out of the entire population could have this bizarre ability. Like, I, yeah. I, 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 I'm all bored with you on that. I actually forgot the little scene with the alien uh, planet until I reread it. And what happened there that when the telescope stopped working... That's when the message from that planet had come out, and I guess it exploded. And then, because the last I remember is the last arc where that stuff uh, covers Earth, and nobody knows what it is, but they think it's like the end of the world. So those letters uh, envelop Earth, but I don't think the first volume got to that point. Yeah, because it was very cryptic. uh, There were like little thumbnail panels on the last couple pages, and I just couldn't understand whether... The telescope was like sucking those signals, and when the telescope stopped working, yeah. the signal stopped, and then the planet exploded. Like so, the planet was reliant on this telescope the whole time. There's a couple spots that I remember that were, um, like I was like, "What the hell does that mean?" Like, yeah, there's yeah. a couple. I think the next arc has it goes back to that space station where they go there, and something else happens. And I was just like, I don't know what any of that stuff means, and I guess I'll just have to wait a year to find out. <laughs> like, I'm going to get around to it. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, overall, loved Volume 1, and this is, like, on everyone's uh, recommendation list. Yeah. You know, they got an Eisner for it. Great. So. the uh, And also, since Tony can only eat beets, beets is, is the only thing he can't feel any flashbacks or history behind it. The uh, the one storyline that I liked was his uh, the the woman he immediately fell in love with was a, a food critic who oh, yeah. was like it was like whenever she put pen to paper and described a meal that she had the people reading her review could actually taste the meal and if, to Tony that was amazing because it was like pure uncut heaven because he could actually taste the food while reading these reviews without any of the side effects of mm-hmm. you know. M- a dead cow getting slaughtered or, or anything like that. And she had I thought it was kind of brilliant for that power too, didn't it? Didn't she? Uh, yeah. Didn't, so I didn't write it down though. 
but every scene that he was involved with her was really good too, and that was another comedic timing thing. Yeah. Where you know he would describe it, and then he'd have this like puppy dog face. <laughs> yes. And he was his jaw was, was on the floor. Yeah. Um, so that's Chew. Chew, great yeah. book, great great, great book. book. Um, as always, Mark, Mark really thank you for your thoughts. Loved it on Chew. Um, Mark didn't read it. Yeah, editor's note: due to the crisis that kept me off the show last week in the raging fire, I didn't have a chance to read. I didn't have a chance to read Chew. You're metagaming right now. It was a week long fire, but we have. We got your letters. I'm gonna open them up. Farrington's gonna read them to you. Letters at paperkeg.com. Um, you know, Dale and I had a meeting after last week uh, about him reading obviously fake emails. Obviously fake. I'll they must have you, said something nice about me. They I'll, slipped through. I'll let you decide which one was fake. Uh, Mark, let's just hope you don't make that same mistake. Sorry, I let everybody down. Mark, we got some letters. Letters at papercake.com. You can email us. Why don't you open them up? <laughs> <laughs> now that they're open, I think I'll read one from Claire. Dear Mark, now that Jonesy's off the show, will you be serenading us week to week? Your voice is so, so bassy and delicious sounding. Claire. Claire must be behind on podcasts. Wow, way to go, Claire. Ooh, Claire. Claire, as you might have guessed, that beautiful, beautiful voice to my right is Jonesy Loves Beer, so he's going to continue the serenading. She must catch up on podcasts like Slim catches up on Chew. In, <laughs> in segments and chunks. Listen, i got to be in the mood for it. You know, right, Otherwise, I'm, I'm going to atomic robot myself. I'm not getting on. I'm just... I love atomic robots. Atomic Rainbows is one of the greatest books. It was fantastic, and I wish I could have been here to review Atomic Rainbows. Yeah, me too. Too bad all your comics were caught in that fire. <laughs> Unity Automatons? Is that the next book? Right. Next one's up from Jose. Guys, I loved Atomic Robo and saw the artist talk about women in comics. He brought up that maybe the women that are getting popular flat out don't want to write about Batman. I'd love to hear Mark's thoughts since he loves Batman and he's black. Hmm. All the letters seem to be catered towards Mark. He's the most popular uh, guy on the show. Not a shocker. You know what? The universe loves an underdog. Hmm. The universe loves an underdog. So hate on me all you want. It gets me more fans. Um, Your thoughts, Mark, on women in comics. You know, there's there's a crusade happening right now. Why aren't DC, why isn't DC hiring more women to write Batman and every other book? I think I saw you retweet this. I agree with them. I mean, maybe they just don't want to. My favorite Bat writer of all time is a woman. Devin Grayson killed it when she was writing Batman. Phenomenal. But What's she doing now? She, I think she left the comics game altogether. Wow. Doing other stuff. I guess, all jokes aside, I'm a fan of women writing comics because it's a different voice. I get tired of the same voices and the same outlooks from characters, so... Mm-hmm. Bring in the diversity. Um, I think it was Wegener on the Atomic Robo blog where I read that. Yeah. First. Yeah, I think you're right. And, uh, you know, he was saying how web women creators of webcomics probably get more views than people buy a monthly book about Batman. But why would they want to write Batman? They probably got less eyes on the book. You know? Maybe even make less. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I knows? completely agree. It's a, Why would you want to? It's a uh, it's a good stand to take. You know where he's at. It's probably some. You know, there's obviously maybe some political 
eyes looking at that like maybe you shouldn't vocalize that but uh, i'm glad he said it because mm-hmm. someone's got to somebody someone the voice has to to shut these insane people up exactly I just think whatever on both sides anybody wants to get mad the first thing they do is drag out the big two and point you know what they do wrong what they do wrong but you know just because the big two are the most visible uh, in the comics and the trade doesn't mean that they're the most profitable for the right types of creators mm-hmm. yeah exactly well, well said there's a stable of characters that's that are these guys bread and butter. Maybe you know yeah. women in comics just let, let me just shoot bad. off at the mouth. Uh, we'll target something that that's a household name. And everybody kind of knows what Marvel Comics is, so I want to make a point and be you know be about it. I'm gonna drag them in. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think about that one. That was a stretch. I'll be honest <laughs> with you. And then you know what though? You're right. By the time that the Studio actually makes a statement, turning down their point. The, mo- the that moment person's already, already got their five minutes of fame. You're right, right about that. Mm. Five minutes of fame is all you need these Classic. days. Yep. Uh, do I'm we have so another uh, letter? We got one more. Not about me. Hmm. It's going no. to you, John. Disappointing. It's unfortunate. No, no, no. I've been looking at this letter all show. This is from Dorothy. If by Dorothy I mean DG. Members of the Jonesy and Love Beer fan club do not worship Satan or hang out at malls. Don't you dare take Jonesy away. It is true that we have no regrets, no regrets about loving Jonesy. Jonesy sprays us with his love and we soak in it. <laughs> love is Jonesy. Jonesy is love. Three cheers for Jonesy. Um, I just no. want to make a quick statement right now on the show. <laughs> Sprayed with Jonesy. Um, Get me the Garveys now. I don't know how much I can say that fraudulent emails are banned from this show <laughs> forever from um, here but I will there are, there will be repercussions we don't fake wanna, emails we don't want to read Bonesy's letter no I uh, I don't that it, did not even get that. that did not get anywhere near any list <laughs> <laughs> you know I try to keep a certain level of dignity on this show you know we build it from the ground up you do a good job we did I don't want anyone to disgrace this no so when we finally become the empire we strive to be there can be no asterisks in our records that's absolutely correct you know what so deep with that being said this wasn't written by Dorothy this is written by longtime show fan Don Garvey oh god poor Don get me why does he want to why why would he do that to us um I'm gonna go out on a limb he's the president of the Jersey Lowe's Beer fan club that's why Not only a president, president the only member. Who <laughs> just started? Can, can I that? be a member of my own fan club? <laughs> um, Is that narcissistic? Make yourself a sounder for yourself. <laughs> I'm gonna say we're back. Another another one in the win for the four hosts. Yes. Yep. Can't Good wait. To be back. I'm gonna listen to this one on the way home. Yeah. So am I. I don't wait. know if I can, but I will. Episode 22 um, is next week. Oh. And be sure to stay tuned for big news. I can't. Oh, what oh, host boy. won't be here? It's me. Tune in to find out. For the Colombian one. 